Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Monday, January 24th. It is the last week of January 2022, and uh, it is a cold, cold day here in, uh, in Central Florida. But I'm glad you were able to join us as we uh, get ready to talk about what's happening in the marketplace. Folks, there is a lot of volatility. We'll talk about that more when Dave joins us up next back in his seat there at the radio station. So, hey, but before we do, let me just remind you, I, I think you should be very well aware now with all the volatility we're seeing that uh, risk is important. We need to make sure that the risk you have in your current portfolio truly matches up with the risk you can stomach with the ups and downs in the marketplace. Hey, give us a call and let's walk through our core retirement design to help you calculate and organize and review your current risk and make sure that we put together a risk uh, established and risk optimized portfolio just for you. So with that, give us a call at 863-382-0037. And uh, we got Dave back in the seat here in just a few moments. I'm starting to wonder whether my ego should be thinking that I could actually influence the markets because I leave town for a week and well, the stock market really goes to poof, doesn't it? Yeah. Let's find out. <laughs> my everlasting optimism blends with a little bit of ego, and I take credit for anything I can get away with. Let's check in on your finances here. Philip Statler is on the line from Statler Financial Services. Philip, good morning. It's good to hear your voice this morning. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. I think your head's getting pretty big. I don't know if you'll be able to get out of the studio or not today. <laughs> Boy, did it go El Stinko last week. I was doing my math at the beginning of the morning while I was uh, putting things together. I got the NASDAQ and the Russell 2000 within a couple of inches of going full bear market territory, and both the Dow and the Standard & Poor's are within inches of being in that traditional definition, the 10% correction definition, it was really a crap hole a week last week, wasn't it? It really was, Dave. And, and just to kind of, you know, add some some numbers to that, right? Let's look at the, the Dow was actually down almost 4.6% just last week. The S&P 500 was down almost 5.7%. And I get this one, Dave. NASDAQ down a little over 7.5% last week. Please you. It, it was not a pretty week, and I'm looking at my futures this morning, and it's not looking a whole heck of a lot better than that. The reason, of course, is everybody's nervous about what the, what the Federal Reserve is going to say. They don't expect to be doing anything this week, but another one of those two-day open market committee meetings, and uh, the rumblings have been out, and uh, President Biden's nominee for being second banana at the Fed was basically rattling Sabres big time at her confirmation hearing, so there really is indeed a dovish sentiment whatsoever coming out of there. I was reading one of the things that in addition to terminating their, uh, their buying of bonds sometime over the next couple of months, they actually might start selling the ones they've got mid-year in addition to the rumor mill that now they're thinking about the notion of maybe even 5% of uh, 5 interest in uh, interest rate increases this year. That's got the interest rate sensitive stocks just in an absolute swoon, doesn't it? It, it really does, Dave. I mean, I'm telling you that uh, to, to just stop buying, that's a that's a big deal, right? Just just stop buying bonds out of the system. That's that's a huge thing already. Mm -hmm. And you add on top of that, now they're talking about maybe starting to sell bonds. 
man, that is taking a huge amount of money out of the money supply. And then on top of that, raising interest rates, not three, not four, but five times. Uh, I, I just got to say, that's a lot to heap on in one year. Oh, yeah. And the, the leaks have got to be coming from somebody that is not a fan of big bankers and stockbrokers, because you got to realize that when you start letting rumors like that leak out, everybody with a day trading instinct, and that includes the big guys that can throw millions around at the drop of a hat, pretty much run for the doors until they find out what's going to happen. That's right. And so we see a lot of risk coming off the table. And you know, Dave, that's why I think it's so important, especially right now with all the volatility we're seeing, that people really and truly need to know, you know, how much risk is in their portfolio. And, and on top of that, how much risk can they really stomach? I mean, that's that to me is even a bigger question. Absolutely. And that, that, that takes some focus of the process. I'm kind of proud to say I kind of listened to some of your advice a few years ago, and I kind of realigned my own investments. And yeah, my IRA is down by about 3%, but compared to the market, yeah, I took a lot of risk out of my portfolio. But it's not a bad idea for everybody to look at that and say, well, let's see how much can I handle, right? Exactly. That's so true right now. And because it is. I mean, just last week was just a, a testament to that because of just the, it seemed to go, you'd start in the morning, it looked like it was green, it's going to be a great day, and Scotty and I thought we were going to be able to talk about good things the next day, and man, we'd end up in the red before we knew it. Man, it's probably going to stay like this until we get the Federal Reserve announcement on Wednesday, and then they'll react accordingly. But yeah, they, I, I darn near dropped my false teeth when I read the thing about five interest rate increases, plus the notion of unloading bonds to remind everybody of basic economics. When you sell a boatload of bonds, that means the yield goes. That means the actual price of the bond goes down, making the yield go way up. And when companies need to borrow more, they got to pay a whole heck of a lot more in interest. And that's why the Nasdaq is looking so owly because they've got an awful lot more growth stocks that are much more dependent upon interest rates and bonds and borrowing in order to make things work. Well, that's right. And so those those companies that that have to borrow or are heavily debt loaded, um, those guys are really and truly, uh, when interest rates start to go up, they feel it because, you know, unlike your mortgage, right, it's a 30-year mortgage or a 15-year mortgage, most companies don't have that luxury of a fixed interest rate. Their interest rates, uh, they'll have some stuff if they issue bonds, but, but the stuff that they go from the banks and, and other institutions are typically going to be floating rate. So when rates go up, guess what? Their debt load goes up and their interest payments go up. And so it starts to affect their bottom line. And that's always the, uh, that's the bane of any CEO's existence because he's paid to be able to keep the dividends or the yield or the profit margin up. But if it gets harder, something's got to give. Either you raise the prices, you cut back on the quality, or you just go out of business, which is always a risk in some of the more marginal stocks like the ones on the Russell 2000. Uh, that's right, because those guys are, a lot of those, those are really leveraged companies. And so um, interest rates can, can be devastating to those guys. Absolutely. And on a considerably larger, the biggest macro scale, keep in mind, federal bonds renew. And when they renew at a higher rate, that means the new borrowing the federal government has to do. <laughs> I'm looking at you, all those stimulant payments. Uh, that's going to cost more for the federal government to borrow money as well. And that screws up the federal budget and all of that discretionary spending that Congress likes to talk about being able to do ain't going to happen as long as you've got one single budget hawk left in the Congress. There is uh, one. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, 
That, that's right. When these bonds get refinanced and uh, and come due, and they have to go buy new ones, uh, those interest rates are going to be higher, and uh, that means that the budget is going to go more for interest and less for uh, other things and other programs, which also means taxes are probably going to have to go up sooner rather than later. Which probably isn't much of a surprise to anybody that's watching any of this. So, bottom line is we got an hourly stock market, and it's probably going to stay hourly and darned volatile until Wednesday at 2 p.m. And then we're going to cross our fingers we actually get something in terms of reassurance that will put us on a steady path one way or the other. Bunch of tidbits floating around among the big companies while there's still a lot of uncertainty as to where the future lies. Evidently, the big department store chain Kohl's is in play. I got two takeover offers now rumored. Yeah, that's right. And two, uh, basically two basic uh, private equity firms are shopping for Kohl's. Um, so, and they've got some pretty nice price tags that they're willing to pay for it uh, because Kohl's closed at a little less than $47 a share on Friday. The offers over the weekend, uh, you got one company offering $64 a share, another company offering a potential of $65 a share. Those are some huge numbers <clears throat> given what the market's doing today. So that's like up 32, 33%, Dave. That doesn't hurt Kohl's stock prices one tiny little bit because evidently the investors kind of like the idea of being for sale. Uh, I, I'm thinking so. I mean, you know, you, you invested in Kohl's, uh, you know, a couple months ago and, and you're riding with a 33, 35% return. That's, that's not a bad deal. Yeah, absolutely. So there is still interesting news floating around. Other tidbits I found this morning. I got to make mention of this. If, you, if you're in the market for a supercar, you better buy a Lamborghini this year because Lamborghini announced that this is going to be the last year they make all gasoline cars. Next year's Lamborghinis are going to be hybrids. Just <laughs> makes your heart go pity pat of the notion of a hybrid uh, Lamborghini. I mean, you know, it's like souping up a Prius, right? Yeah, you know, part of a sports car is the sound it makes, right? And <laughs> if you don't have a gasoline engine, where's that rum rum going to be? Yeah, I'm not sure where that's going to go to. Maybe, maybe they'll do it by a speaker in the front so it still sounds. <laughs> Had to mention that just because it takes the, uh, takes the burden off talking about how crummy the stocks are doing. Speaking of which, there was at least one report out this morning that is of some interest, isn't there? Yes, sir. There sure was. And it has to do with the oil industry. Halliburton reported. And uh, they had a decent quarter. They beat by two cents a share. Uh, revenue also went up. And a big deal for them is they were able to raise their, their quarterly dividend from four and a half cents a share to 12 cents a share. So that's a nice jump in, uh, in the dividend. And of course, the, the stock price is getting a little, uh, well, it was getting a little bump when I looked at it before. Uh, it is down right now, three and a half percent. Not sure exactly uh, what the fly is in the ointment there, um, unless just recessionary fears are starting to play a role. And because oil prices are going down, sometimes that will affect those oil service companies. Absolutely. I also have to believe that just now the blue chips are starting to catch up with the growth stocks in terms of the loss rates, aren't they? Well, that's true, too. I mean, you're seeing the big companies starting to take a bath, too. Absolutely. Resetting the table for the morning. We were talking about the week as a whole last week, but Friday was not exactly a Monet that you frame on your wall. The Dow was down 450 points. S&P was down by 85. NASDAQ down by another 385 on Friday. At some point in time, before we start calling it a dead cat bounce, there's got to be a maybe we overreacted day. 
I don't see it coming today. How are we looking 45 minutes early? Yeah, I don't see it coming today either, Dave. We got the Dow down three quarters of a point. We got the S&P 500 down 1.1%. The NASDAQ 100 is down almost one and a half percent. Small cap Russell 2000 is down one and a half percent. Hey, the only thing in green ink this morning uh, truly is the VIX. <clears throat> the VIX is up getting closer to $30 uh, yeah, so it's really moving up 6% this morning as we that's get ready to open up. That, that's up in the zip code that we were at during the uh, 20, uh, during the, uh, during the pandemic panic. The, the COVID, I think so, yep. And so, uh, so some, some definitely some, some volatility in the marketplace there. Hey, if we look at the commodities side, uh, silver is down, getting beat up pretty bad today, down one point, uh, almost 1.9%. Gold is the only thing green right now, up a third of a percent. And then crude oil down 1.3% to $84 a barrel, Dave. Yeah, but that's a little higher than it was the last time we spoke, too. So the one-week trend ain't very pretty either, is it? No, it's really not. Now, I did see a little headline just hit across my ticker at about 835 that uh, some of the NASDAQ stocks are getting to the point technically that uh, they've taken a big enough loss that we sh they expect to see a turnaround in some of those shortly. One of my one of my tip sheets was calling them garbage fires. The uh, stocks that have like eighty five percent eighty five to one price to earnings ratios. Those are the ones that are going to beat up the be the most. And the uh, more established companies with more traditional numbers are just kind of going along for the ride down on Nasdaq. I suspect. Well, that, that's true. You know, the general trend starts to pick up and everybody gets affected. Yeah, I kind of get that feeling. Looking at the overseas markets, the Asian rim was mixed in the process. Hong Kong was off substantially at the close this morning. But for some reason, the mainland Chinese markets in Japan were up by a little bit. Europe is looking at us and going, WTF, they're still trading down as much as 2.5% in Germany halfway through their day. We were talking about risk and what to do in order to uh, limit your exposure for your retirement fund, Philip. How do I find you to get that risk limited or at least know what I've got at risk in my portfolio? You know, Dave, that's why we developed our core retirement design to help people really design the retirement they always dreamed of. And it starts with calculating how much risk they have in their portfolio and ending with putting together an optimized risk match portfolio. Give us a call at 863 382 0037 to schedule your core retirement visit. And then join us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk, 730 and 95.3 FM. And back here again tomorrow morning as we're both in the saddle for this week. Philip, I appreciate it. I'll see you then. All right, man. You have a great day. Thank you. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services, Philip Statler. Hey guys, again, I want to thank you for joining us today. I know it's cold out there today. I hope you warm up and I hope that your week and our week gets off to a better start than what we're seeing today. Hey, until tomorrow, take care.